Perhaps you've heard arguments before where people try to pit the writer of a biblical book against what Jesus must have said. If they don't like something the author has written, they will say that it is the author's opinion. If there is something that is hard to understand or accept, they might say, it is not what Jesus would write or say. Often, people who make this sort of argument are not even Christians at all. They may be scholars. I had a mass communications prof when I was a student at the University of Houston who did that sometimes. He asked me questions about what Jesus said and what Paul wrote. He knew I went to seminary. He said Christianity was propaganda, and he was not condemning propaganda per se, only that it is a point of view that people have and believe strongly in and want other people to come to their same point of view. He was not shy about saying that Jesus and Paul contradicted each other. Of course, I would say to him that what Paul wrote had a blessing of Jesus. It is as if Jesus himself said it. Jesus had given Paul authority on the road to Damascus where he was going to bring Christians forcefully to Jerusalem to be tried and sentenced to death for promoting a false religion. Jesus had told him that he would be his chosen instrument to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles. Jesus revealed many things to him directly. The prof would not buy my explanation. He said the only sure things that Jesus said are the words in red in the red letter Bibles. He got nowhere with me, and I got nowhere with him. But we both knew it was okay, because that was not the purpose of the class. This happened only a couple of times. It seemed to me that he liked Paul's writings, since Paul's writings could be, could be taken as scholarly. And he had written so many of the books of the Bible. Maybe something there appealed to him, but he didn't say what. Only that Paul did not always agree with Jesus in the things that he wrote about. You could say that he was speaking a personality without really believing in any of them. Want to pick a personality? That is what the Corinthians, in the portion of 1 Corinthians that we have before us today, were doing. Picking a personality was not foreign at all to the Corinthians. They lived in the city, and that was quite normal for them. They had been blessed beyond measure, as Paul noted in our epistle reading from, for last week. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was as if God has chosen this group of people and blessed them in a way that he hadn't done to any other church before or since. Perhaps this superabundance of blessings had gotten into their heads and now they were breaking into factions. Party spirit had not only begun among them, but it was growing stronger and stronger. That blessed church was divided. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, 
Paul had founded this church. He had lived with them for about a year and a half. So he knew them well, and they knew him well. He'd been gone now for a couple of years, continuing the mission that Jesus had given him. But they kept in touch. At least some of them did. Now the people from Chloe's household would have been her employees, and they were fellow Christians. They must have, a, have had a close relationship with her since they were not afraid that they might upset her by informing Paul about the factionalism in the church. We can well imagine how upsetting and untenable this whole situation in the church had become for them. To say that there was tension in that church would be an understatement. If some of Chloe's people had to inform Paul about what was happening in the church, you know it must have been really bad. They had probably done their best to bring a resolution to the situation, but had not succeeded. We've heard pre previously about the location of Corinth itself and its prosperity as a result, with all different kinds of temples to cater, cater for the various perceived needs of the people. Because most maritime trade between Rome and Asia Minor, that is modern-day Turkey, passed through the isthmus of Corinth, Corinth was well-positioned for trade and wealth. Because of its location, there were also many different religions and beliefs and different ideas about worship. In a place like that, people would have the tendency of following different leaders based on their perceived abilities. Personality caught would be the, the, the result. We can imagine that a place like this, that in a place like this, there will be different ideas about many things, politics and leaders, those who were great and those who were not so great. And in a church that was relatively new, it would not be surprising that part of what was going on in the larger society was influencing what was happening inside the church. I mean, you think about our own society today. Most of us will probably want to see ourselves as not political until there is a policy that we disagree with. We may be quiet about it or may be passionate and speak against it any chance we get. It happens sometimes out of the blue, it seems, and some may agree with you whilst others will disagree with you. And sometimes the disagreement does not happen in a good way and might even result in anger and name calling. We may have people we are impressed with and will support them over against others and wish that others would agree with our views. We may bring our political conversations into the church even without intending to and get quite heated about it. We know how COVID and the different reactions to it raised tensions in churches, including our own church here, because we could not have the same mind and thought about it. We still don't, even though the tensions have gone way down. We don't know what the next thing will be that will create confusion and anger again. But do not be surprised if something else does and we begin to take sides. Want to pick a personality? I'm sure we don't, but can it happen? Yes, it can. This taking sides thing, the desire to pick a personality that happened in Corinth was very serious. I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, 
I follow Cephas, I follow Christ. You can understand it some, given the influence of the culture and they are being new Christians. Paul, we know, he founded the church. We know he was highly educated. Apollos was highly educated too. After Paul had founded the church in Corinth, Apollos was encouraged by the church in Ephesus to travel to Achaia, whose capital was Corinth. Apollos was probably living in Corinth. He was a highly gifted speaker, and he greatly helped those who by grace had believed. Paul would later say that he planted a church and Apollos watered. So it is not surprising that some of the Corinthians thought so highly of him, they began to say, I follow Apollos. Clearly, all Apollos wanted to do was to proclaim the gospel among them, which he did powerfully. But some of the members were so impressed by him, they thought he was the one to follow. I'm sure the farthest thing from his mind was to have people follow him instead of Jesus. Others followed Cephas, the Aramaic name that Jesus gave to Simon. The Greek translation of his name is Peter. Now, we don't even read from the Bible that Cephas had visited Corinth. But from what was happening in the church in Corinth, with some saying, I follow Cephas, it seems likely that he had. In fact, Dionysius, bishop of Corinth in 171, states in the letter that Peter and Paul had founded the church in Corinth. Now, whether that was exist in the early church, and of course, him being, in a sense, the leader of the 12 apostles, he had a great reputation. So for new Christians to also say, I follow Cephas, it's not surprising. And then there's the Christ group. I follow Christ. If there's a group that we might want to belong to, it is a Christ group. After all, that's what we are about, Christ alone. Except you still got to wonder what that group was really about because Paul sees them as just one of the four groups. Their choice would seem to be the right one, but Paul doesn't take their side. They were just as guilty as the other groups. They were all behaving exactly the same. They were looking for something in someone that they could always boast about. They were looking for glory. If they could not find it in one, then they would find it in another. They were all equally guilty of picking a personality to follow. They did not have room for the real Christ, the crucified one, even though he had risen from the dead. The one who dies, especially on a Roman cross, was not very appealing. Paul's response was probably shocking to the Corinthians. He did not rely on an anonymously sourced information to respond to the situation. And he was not trying to throw Chloe and her people under the bus. He likely had their permission. He goes straight to the point as someone who knew them very well. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? When you hear, be united in mind and thought, 
A first reaction might be, that's not possible. We are human beings, and it is great to have differences of opinion. We live now in a time where diversity in the workplace, diversity of opinion is everywhere, and it's highly valued. It is said that an organization or business that has a diverse workforce is the best place to work at. Some are, in fact, now requiring diversity training. It helps us to think more critically about issues. It helps us to understand each other better. We can have different opinions about how we worship, about what songs and hymns are the best. We can have different opinions about what time we worship, about how often we should have Bible study, about what we should study in the Bible. We can have different minds and thoughts about which Bible translation is the best. We can disagree about exactly when Christ was born or when exactly he died. We can even have disagreements about which author of a book of the Bible was the best. Did I say you can have different opinions about your pastors? There is nothing wrong with having opinions about these. Of course, we want to be respectful of those we have different opinions, who have different opinions than us in the church. If we are respectful of each other, we can make things work. But you want to pick a personality? You want to pick someone and elevate that person so high that the person is like Jesus? Absolutely not. We need to be united in mind and thought that Jesus is the only savior from sin, the only one who was crucified for you and was raised from the dead so that death will one day be a thing of the past and you will have eternal life with him. There is only one Jesus Christ, the only savior. You should have one mind and thought about who he is and what he has done. He should not be placed on the same level with any other human being that the Corinthians were doing. The very fossils and, and the gifted preacher shows that they had wrong ideas about who Jesus is. No wonder Paul asked them, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? We will be having the Lord's Supper shortly. When Jesus instituted it, he said it was his body and blood. Yet some say it is not, that it is impossible for it to be, finding it easier to say it is a symbol of his body and blood. They argue that the real presence of Christ in the supper is something we can have different minds and thoughts about. Paul would insist that we should have the same mind and thought about it. He writes, it's not a cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ, and it's not the bread that we break, a participation in the body of Christ. We are still, as Christians, works of God in progress. There are some things that are not so clear-cut. We are free to have different opinions about those. But there are some things that are not negotiable because they are very clear. In picking a personality, let it always be the true Christ and what he has revealed to us through his apostles, prophets, and evangelists. If that happens, we will not be picking personalities and having divided minds about, about it and would focus on our Lord Jesus Christ alone that he was crucified and died and rose again for us. May he always 
be reigning in our lives. Amen.